Hello, this is Diksha from NewsLaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today, Saturday, the sixth of March, India recorded more than eighteen thousand COVID-19 cases in the last twenty-four hours, and the total COVID tally stood at over one point one crore or eleven point one million. A hundred and eight fatalities were recorded in the same period, while the nationwide recoveries surged past one point zero eight crore. Maharashtra reported more than 10,000 of yesterday's COVID cases in the country. The state crossed the 10,000 cases mark in a day for the first time in five months. Mumbai reported more than 1,100 new cases, while Pune recorded more than 800. Under the vaccination drive in the country, more than 1.94 crore beneficiaries have been vaccinated so far. Of this, more than 14 lakh received the vaccine yesterday. The Election Commission of India has directed the central government to remove the pictures of Prime Minister Narendra Modi from COVID vaccine certificates in poll-bound states. The EC's direction came days after West Bengal's Trinamool Congress registered a complaint saying that the move violates the Model Code of Conduct. The Model Code came into force on February 26th in the poll-bound states of Assam, West Bengal, Tamil Nadu, and Kerala, and the Union Territory of Puducherry. The EC had asked the Chief Electoral Officer of West Bengal for a report on why Modi's photo was being used on vaccine certificates generated through the Coven app. The officer replied that the vaccination drive was a central scheme. The EC then took up the matter with the Health Ministry, which said that the vaccination drive was an ongoing government initiative that had started long before the Model Code of Conduct kicked in. The Commission subsequently drew the Ministry's attention to the guidelines of the Model Code of Conduct. It asked the ministry to immediately ensure that the photos are removed from the system, at least in election-bound states. In an update on the upcoming assembly elections, the AIA-DMK in Tamil Nadu signed a seat-sharing agreement with the Bharatiya Janata Party yesterday. It allotted the Saffron Party 20 assembly seats for the approaching April 6 election. The ticket for the Lok Sabha by-election in Kanyakumari was also given to the BJP. The deal was signed by Tamil Nadu Chief Minister Edappadi K Palani Sami and AIDMK coordinator and Deputy Chief Minister O Panir Selvam with two BJP leaders. In West Bengal, internal conflict grew in the Trinamool Congress after it dropped 27 MLAs from its list of election candidates. The ministers dropped from the list include Amit Mitra, Purnendu Basu, and Rabindranath Bhattacharya, among others. According to the Indian Express, while removing these names, the party introduced 114 new faces to the list. After the state's chief minister Mamata Banerjee released the fresh list of candidates, many leaders criticized the party for sidelining them. Protests were reported in some places as well. In response, Banerjee said at a press conference yesterday that the leaders were dropped because of age or other reasons. She added that they would be accommodated in the proposed legislative council or given organizational work. Speaking of elections, Kalpana Sharma's latest piece on NewsLaundry.com talks about a very important issue that gets ignored every election season. She writes how a section of the media covers social and environmental crises only when they occur, but their election coverage tends to sideline these issues. The recent Uttarakhand disaster reminds us that global warming and climate change are not just academic issues, and even if the government does not prioritize them, the media should. To read the full piece, go to newslaundry.com. It is titled "India Faces an Environmental Crisis," but this season's election coverage is set to ignore it.
Union Minister Prakash Javrekar said yesterday that the fire raging in Odisha's Simlipal National Park for nearly a week has now been brought under control. The forest fire has caused widespread concerns among environmentalists and activists. Images and videos of the fire were circulated on social media throughout the week. The Kalinga Institute of Social Sciences had tweeted that the fire had affected 8 out of the 21 ranges of Simlipal in Odisha. The institute added that the fire had raged for 10 days already, destroying much endangered flora and fauna. The blaze had decimated medicinal plants and displaced wildlife and adivasi communities. The state's chief minister Navin Patnaik however reviewed the situation and said on Wednesday that there was no loss of life or damage to big trees. As the farmer protests on Delhi's borders entered the 100th day today, farmers called it a black day. According to NDTV, farmers would block the Kundli Manesar Palwal Expressway for 5 hours today. Besides blocking highways, the Samyukt Kisan Morcha said that toll plazas would be made toll free during the protest. The farmers body also asked people to wave black flags from offices and residences across the country. Farmer leader Rakesh Tiket reiterated today and I quote, "We are completely prepared. Unless and until the government listens to us and meets our demands, we are not going to move from here." unquote. Meanwhile, the Punjab Assembly yesterday passed a resolution against the center's farm laws. The resolution sought the unconditional withdrawal of the farm laws in the interests of the farmers and Punjab. It also asked for the continuation of the existing system of procuring food grains through minimum support price. While speaking on the resolution, Punjab Chief Minister Amrinder Singh asked 10 questions to determine the intent of the farm laws. He asked and I quote, "Who benefits from the completely unregulated private mandis?" who benefits when the farmers are debarred from approaching civil courts for any dispute related to an agreement signed with the corporates unquote for more on the protests news laundry's anna priyadarshini spoke to a farmer from punjab's moga city who was one of the dozen farmers arrested on january 6th by the delhi police they were booked for attempt to murder writing with dangerous weapons and obstructing police officials in their duty in her detailed report Anna pieced together what actually happened and why the farmers were taken away by the police. To know what transpired, go to newslaundry.com and read the full report titled A dozen Moga farmers came for Republic Day's tractor rally and ended up in jail. But what did they do? I would also like to remind you listeners that our team can report on these incidents from the ground only because you support us. We are an independent news platform producing podcasts, ground reports, interviews, videos, media critique and much more. We would not be able to do all this work if not for our subscribers. So if you aren't a subscriber already, now is the perfect time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. Our lowest subscription starts at just 300 rupees a month. Pay to keep news free. Please consider this a trigger warning as the following news contains details of sexual violence. The Rajasthan police said yesterday that a 14-year-old girl who was allegedly abducted and raped repeatedly was rescued in Jaisalmer after 22 days. According to the police, the minor girl was abducted by a distant relative and was also forced to work at a construction site. The 45-year-old accused has been arrested and booked under sections of the Indian Penal Code and the Protection of Children from Sexual Offences or POCSO Act. 
The man was produced before a court yesterday and was sent to police custody for a day. A case of abduction was registered at the Itawa Police Station in Kota District on February 10th. The DSP of Itawa Police Station said, and I quote, The girl was rescued on Thursday from Pokhran, where she was held captive, repeatedly raped by the accused and forced to work on a construction site, unquote. The girl was sent to a shelter home in Kota after being produced before a child welfare committee. The chairperson of the committee claimed that the girl said that she was drugged by the accused and taken on a motorcycle to survive Madhavpur and then to Pokhran. Actor Tapsi Pannu tweeted today denying the allegations of tax evasion against her. The actor's properties in Mumbai were raided by income tax officials earlier this week. Pannu said that she neither owned a bungalow in Paris nor did she have cash receipts amounting to rupees 5 crore. She also denied Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman's claim that her house was raided in 2013 as well. The Income Tax Department had also raided properties connected to Director Anurag Kashyap earlier this week. It had claimed that it found large illegal transactions and suppression of income worth about rupees 650 crores. Notably, Pannu and Kashyap have both been vocal against the Narendra Modi government on various matters. Most recently, the two spoke about the farmer protests against the center's farm laws. In the wake of the military coup and unrest in Myanmar, India said yesterday that it is closely watching the developments in the neighboring country. The Ministry of External Affairs said that it is also discussing the matter with partner nations. It emphasized that all issues must be resolved peacefully through talks. Meanwhile, Indian forces stepped up security along the border with Myanmar to stop refugees from entering the country. This came days after some Myanmar police officials crossed over to escape taking orders from their military leadership. The magistrate of Mizoram's Champai district where the border lies told Reuters that they were not letting anyone enter yet. He said that four policemen arrived in Champai area on the 28th of February. He added that local villagers handed them over to state authorities on March 1st. India shares a border of more than 1600 kilometers with Myanmar. The neighboring country has been witnessing widespread unrest and police violence since February 1st. The military had taken over the democratic leadership of civilian leader Aung San Suu Kyi. A senior MEA official told the Indian Express that 16 people from Myanmar have crossed the Indian border so far to take refuge in Mizoram. In a related development, another anti-coup protester was shot dead in Myanmar and one more person was fatally stabbed. This came at a time when a United Nations envoy urged the Security Council to hear Myanmar's quote-unquote desperate pleas. The envoy also urged the council to take swift action to restore democracy in the country. According to news agency AFP, a 26-year-old man was shot in the neck in Mandalay city. The man was reportedly helping set up barricades in the city to slow down security forces. He later succumbed to his injury. The local media reported that an official from detained civilian leader Aung San Suu Kyi's party was also stabbed to death. His 17-year-old nephew was stabbed along with him in an apparent mob attack in the central Magway region. According to Al Jazeera, more than 50 people have been killed so far in the military crackdown in the country. Now for an update on international COVID numbers. COVID-19 has infected more than 116 million people in the world so far, while more than 2.58 million people have succumbed to it. 
Global recoveries from the virus, meanwhile, surged to 65.6 million. The World Health Organization chief Tedros Adhanom wrote in the Guardian yesterday that the world needs to be on a war footing against the pandemic. He wrote that normal rules of business protecting vaccine companies will have to be set aside if that's what it takes to ensure that everybody is vaccinated against COVID-19. He further added and I quote, "We are living through an exceptional moment in history and must rise to the challenge. Flexibilities in trade regulations exist for emergencies." Unquote. In the United States, meanwhile, Democrats said that they had resolved their differences over unemployment aid in President Joe Biden's 1.9 trillion dollar COVID relief package. According to the package, the government would bring back the level of unemployment benefits provided in the previous version of the bill. New tax breaks will also be set up for people receiving the benefits. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you.